You're listening to the Rogers Sporting Goods Podcast with Patrick Fisher, Chandler Smith, and Josh from Outdoor Limits. In this podcast, we'll touch on everything from gear to ducks to deer, turkey and fishing. From field to table, let's dive in. Okay, we got oh, we got to no. learn about Chandler playing the trombone. Man, that was, that was, how old am I now? That was like 13 years ago, man. Dang, were you in the marching band? Oh, yeah. Yep. I like playing music. The trombone. When I was younger, I don't know if I liked being in band, but when I look back at it, I was like, man, that was should have done it longer. You know, got more into it. Almost went to Texas Tech. Really? Yeah. For marching band and symphonic band, I guess. Nice. I didn't know that. Yep. I played about everything in the low brass, so tuba? Yep. I played the baritone, trombone. Yeah, euphonium, baritone, trombone. French tuba. horn? No, I didn't play the French horn. That wasn't in the low brass. That one's hard to hard to play. We went way off topic, but yeah, I remember my my later high school days. I was playing the tuba because we needed more tuba players who can march with that. Did you big play the, sousaphone on your shoulders? You, oh, right so there. you did a sousaphone on mm-hmm. the over the shoulder tuba. Yeah, we did the sousaphone, the like wrap around your body. Yeah. You have like a little thing that went over the the bell. No, we didn't. We weren't that cool yet. It was a new school. We didn't have a lot of stuff. It was a uh, first couple of years of high school that school was open. So you ought to bring your trombone in sometime. Yeah, and play for the podcast. I, I, I don't know <laughs> what I would do. Do the sound effect. <laughs> yeah, we were gonna use that sound effect because we are missing somebody today. Yeah. We were trying to think of like some really sad song or something to play while he's not here, but Pat is at the store today. He's probably going nuts or crazy. Rifle season in Missouri where we're at open Saturday. This podcast will be out after it opens, but we're recording it before season opener. So he is slammed at the store. Everybody's coming to see him. He's got to get everybody set up with all their deer stuff. And at the same time, he's prepping for our pre-Black Friday ad, which is out out right now, and it is like lowest price of the year guarantee. It's a Black Friday ad for sure. It's just early, so yep. yeah. How November looks for us is a black a pre-Black Friday ad, a Black Friday ad, and then a Cyber Monday ad. And in the middle of all that, we're gonna have. I'll talk about that in a second, but like a Lucky Duck ad that has a bunch of stuff that's on sale that normally is not. All sorts of different lacrosse and all sorts of different companies will be on sale in the midst of all this in November. It's a special time to get some gear. Sure is. And for duck hunters, it's right in the middle of the season. So by that point, you kind of have an idea of, you know, you've hunted a couple of times now. You're like, okay, what do I need? And like yesterday, I purchased uh, HDI. I was like, I need new spinners. Yeah. So yeah, you, you bought that HDI, which is going to be, I can't remember if it's in the ad right now or not. But it's mm. going to be a hot deal. Whatever ad it hits, it's going to be a good deal. Gonna, Lots of good deals. Good yeah. deals on those uh, those Bigfoots. Yeah. Oh, the Bigfoot pack is in the ad right now. It's a dozen pack. And it's, I think it's like, man. A good price. It's a really good price. It's it's basically eight feeders, four uprights. Are they the B2s? Mm-hmm. B2s. And they have some cool, they're, they have some cool head positions. I mean, they aren't the old b2s you remember as far as like you got this one feeder and you got this one upright i i had b2s and i had one that I like it's neck you had like, like straight a, out yeah like a hisser collar kind of thing or like something it's choking on a piece of corn yeah maybe 
They love it. So if you guys are subscribed to the email blast, check your email. The ads will be coming through on that. Oh, yeah. They'll be in your email box right now as you're listening to this. If you're a part of our text program, you guys get it first. That's a new tip we started. That's kind of something we started this November. All the ads were dropping. We're going to get a little bit early access to all the text uh, guys who are signed up. How would somebody sign up for that? Well, you can text HUNT to 56129. And you, I got that right on the tip of my tongue. I there you go. I wasn't even prepared uh, to have that. I didn't know if you would know it. Yeah, you're like, uh, you know. And I think... <clears throat> And I think on the uh, on the website, when you're signed up with your account and stuff, you can choose to, to. There's some ways on the website to sign up for SMS, okay, and email and all that stuff. But SMS is is nice because we don't. It's like a couple times a week, and then it it also has some other things that notifies you when stuff's happening or when price drops or when something comes in, whatever. When a special new gear comes in or something, it does some of that. But it's not. It doesn't. We're not having full-blown conversations with you and blowing <laughs> up your phone or nothing. But, yeah, I guess we covered a lot of the sales and stuff going on. It's it's a great time of year. It's a good time of year to be interested in purchasing some hunting gear. Yeah. Because it is deals on deals on deals. Oh, yeah. So make sure to stay tuned and check it out. But yeah, if, you're, if you went out this past weekend for rifle season, I hope you had some good luck and um, hopefully your t-shirt kept you warm because it's not cold at all. No, I was, I was looking at it cause I'm going out for rifle season and it's saying Saturday opening day, low of 40 and a high of 60. Nice. So got to get the ice packs ready. <laughs> yeah. Yes, definitely. So like but deer camp's going to be awesome. Oh yeah. I mean, deer camp's going to be amazing. Campfire. You know? mm, yeah. yeah. It's going to be a blast. So get out there, get your tags, get your gear. I mean, I've seen a lot of deer shot, but even before rifle season, they're going down. Do we want to say the surprise oh. or wait for Patrick? Man, he's not even here to talk about it. I know. Well, if you're not... Trombone sound. <laughs> <laughs> but if you know Patrick or if you're friends with him, you know, he has harvested a buck and we're just going to leave it at that. We're going to give a little teaser because the next, next podcast that he's on, he's going to tell the whole story. I, I can't wait to hear it. You know, so I'm hoping I'm hoping he's got a rough score on it. That'd be kind of cool to see. I was looking at it. You know, when we we're when we were talking to you about like this weekend coming up for you, like mm-hmm. on the hoof, you know, estimations on 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 deer scoring and also year estimations on like on the body and things like that to try to help you gauge how old the deer is. Um, looking at what he shot, it was it definitely outside the outside the ears had some good height. Okay, eye guards, I think, you know, just a lot of good stuff to it. It's a, it was a great archery buck. Do you know if it was a public land buck too? I don't know that. Okay. I Well. Maybe. Because he was hunting that stand last time he was on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. He was on public, so. I don't it think was he private. was. It yeah, was I on think, private. I think I got confirmation that it was on the place by you. Okay. Like his, his private place by you. Yeah. Family's place. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. We'll leave it at that. He but. looked like, <laughs> he looked like. He was sweating in the pictures. Like he had dragged that thing a while <laughs> and it was probably 75 degrees and he's in bibs. Oh, man. <laughs> looked like, looked like he had some work in front of him, but yeah. Awesome. I'm, I'm going to probably wear my cotton bibs and a t-shirt on Saturday. Yeah. I mean. And my or- orange vest. Yeah. Don't forget that. You're not getting fleece orange vest this year. You're getting like the no, thin ones. I got the thin ones. Yeah. 
Well, um, we had a bit of an adventure on Saturday. Yeah, we did. We're going to jump away from deer hunting, but um, duck hunting is in full swing too. But again, it's nice out. We're waiting on the mallards, but we don't have a lot of them, and we're just waiting for a good push. But Saturday, Josh stumbled upon a fun little honey hole. I did. So if you guys want to, the full video is going to be on my YouTube channel. But I went squirrel hunting and just happened across this pond. I was like, you know what? I'll pull in here, just take a look. Maybe something's on there, and I'll jump it and get a teal. Yeah. So I drive up, open the door, three teal fly off. And then I'm like, oh, well, that's kind of cool. And then all of a sudden, 30 wood ducks get up, <laughs> and they fly off. I'm like, oh. Yeah. And Chandler and I were planning to hunt, and we were going to take the layout boats and go hunt in some public. And then I text Chandler. I'm like, hey, um, how do you feel about hunting a wood duck pond yeah. on private ground? And Chandler was about that. Yeah. Well, I also had some stuff I wanted. I had to help a buddy move that day, too. So the whole public where we were going layout boats was going to be a longer adventure for sure mm-hmm. eat much more of my day but the private ground closer was the very intriguing yeah. yeah so i was like i'm in let's do it so we, we meet up and well first of all i'm sleeping and then i hear my phone buzzing yeah Ch- chandler calls me he's like hey i'd left a little early <laughs> I'm like, dude, my alarm wasn't supposed to go off for another 45 minutes. Dang, 45 minutes? Yeah. Well, we did we did get there at a good time. We did. We were, it took us a little longer <clears throat> than anticipated. Yeah. But uh, I don't know why. Uh, I think we were just the, taking our time. The, the Rogers three-man and taking our time or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But it's not always normal for me to be early. It does happen. <laughs> but usually it's the opposite. Because Sunday I was so tired. I was definitely late sunday morning so well i got you on the first morning yeah i was pumped ready to go even though i didn't have an ice hockey game and i got home at midnight the night before so but, oh could you imagine having to go hunt that public spot oh i, man. I don't think you would have slept yeah it would have been it would have been rough because i had to meet you so early and oh man that would have been <laughs> I'd the, say. Moment, the moment you said private pond where and you know around where you're staying at i was like yep that's easy but yeah so we get there, we set up the three-man goose buster, and what do you think we threw out? Three dozen decoys? Yeah. Just some mixed puddlers, some mallards, yeah. two spinners. And I didn't know what to expect because, I mean, the only scouting I did was... Midday, right? Midday. Like three o'clock. Squirrel, con- squirrel hunting. <laughs> yeah, three o'clock in the afternoon, a couple, like a, a group of 20, 30 wood ducks pops off. So yeah. I had no clue, but I was like, you know, wood ducks are pretty habitual, and they haven't been hunted on this pond ever before. Yeah. So I figured it was it was worth the shot. And I told you going into it, I'm like, I, I hope this works. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's going to, but we'll give it our best shot. And there's shot. like that moment of like, oh boy, that first shooting light when it's just nothing. Yeah. And it's a wood duck hunt. And you're like, where are they? Yeah, you're just like, there's no, there's no ducks on the pond we're hunting at at all right at first light. And I don't know how long that lasted, five minutes? I don't think it was even that. I, well, I think it was like two or three minutes after shooting light, the first group of wood ducks comes over the trees and dumps right in. And it's kind of funny because like what <clears throat> a public land hunt that gives you confidence is right before shooting light, you're just getting buzzed and you hear yeah. them and yeah. you hear the quacks and the whistles and the you hear all that, you know, you see them all buzzing around you and you're like, oh, I can't shoot, but it's going to be awesome when the shooting light happens. This is like nothing. Shooting light comes and you're like, well, 
we might be here for a while. Mm-hmm. But tell them what happened after that. What couple less than five minutes in? Less than five minutes in, the wood ducks show up and all of them. Well, pretty much. So we had a little group come in first. We got I got two out of there. I think you missed your shot. You were a little behind it. Yeah. But then we have a. I send the dog as the dog's coming back on the retrieve. Another group comes in, and mm-hmm. uh, we get one or two out of there, and then it's just like twenty wood ducks just start piling in right in the middle of the pond. Nothing's wanting to decoy. We didn't have any wind that day. No wind, and yeah, it was it was kind of tough. And I think the biggest struggle with that pond was the trees go all around it, and. If you've duck hunted in trees before, you know that when the ducks are low, close to the water, you can see them. When they get up just a little bit higher to where they're in line with those trees, you can't see them. Yeah, that was my issue at the very at first light. You know, the ducks that were scooting left to right or whatever, I they were in, I couldn't see them. Yeah, you just catch this little glimpse as they're low enough, and then they get up in that tree. They're in the tree line yeah. is what I would call it. And yeah. you just, they just disappear, and you're trying to figure out where they're at. Yeah, that was the, I think that was the biggest challenge of the day, um, seeing as how we couldn't do anything with the wind. And I feel like our setup was good. We were in a, Our hide was awesome. Mm-hmm. We had a good spread. We were sitting like right where those wood ducks kicked off of the day before. But they just, for some reason, just wanted to go land on the middle of the pond or even on the far side of it. But we did get some good shooting opportunities. I yeah. limited out on wood ducks pretty quick. Um, and then you started stacking up some teal mm-hmm. and then it just shut off. Yeah, it did. There was one other, we had a pair of wood ducks come in later on after a lull. And I, I, I got two of those and I had two wood, two wood ducks, three teal for my five birds. I didn't get the six, but after that whole, you know, after those two wood ducks, it was nothing. Yeah. Didn't see a thing, a thing fly. We saw some geese. Yeah. We, sure. we worked some geese, but we didn't have any goose decoys. Goose season wasn't open, and all of our spinners were going. So yeah. uh, it was kind of a pr- proof of concept for that pond is that I, I, I didn't know with the trees mm-hmm. if geese would come into the pond. But I think if we had decoys out and we turned our spinners off, they could have – Yeah, I think they could have dropped in there. Yep. But I don't know. Time will tell. Goose season opens on Saturday too. Yeah. That's what I'm planning on doing on Saturday. You're going to be deer hunting, and I'm going to be – Hopefully, you're going to be goose hunting with 60 acres. Shooting at some hootards and and swim trunks. Yeah. Well, hopefully they fly first thing in the morning. I don't know when, you know. I'll have to get a heads up, Um, you know, because the place we're going, these birds are kind of, they're conditioned, or they're they're on a schedule, I Mm -hmm. feel like. Well, they haven't been hunted yet, mm -hmm. so they're just very... Point A, point B. Point it a, might point be a first light shoot. It might be a noon. I don't know yet. We're going to find out here shortly when we get the game plan going. Yeah. So we ended the wood duck hunt with nine birds total. Yeah, pretty good. It was it was a great day. I mean, wait, I didn't expect us to see any teal, honestly. Mm-hmm. And the teal were popping in just as frequently as the wood ducks were. Yeah. And they're coming fast and they just hit the water. Yeah, that, that was no, part of our problem. With an A-frame... It's maybe a little bit different in a marsh if you're hunting like with your gun, like on your sling, on your shoulder, in your hand. Mm-hmm. But in the A-frame where guns are on the on the gun holders, and you're kind of like when they come in, you're like, oh, let me grab my gun, pull it out of the A-frame, get it to my shoulder, and by that time they're already swimming in your decoys, really. <laughs> well, and part of the issue was we couldn't really see. No, this it was, was all dark. going down in like the first 10, 15 minutes of shooting light. Once they drop below that tree line, they just bombed your spread, and you're like, oh, they're yeah, here. Yeah, they're here. It was like. Maybe you'd see them cut over the trees and then dump in, but 
that little gap with the tree line, they just disappear. They go from you can see them, you can't see them. They're on the water in front of our decoys. No, and they don't. There's no second pass. Like it's just they're in. They're in. Yeah, there. they didn't circle. They just they wanted to be in there, and mm-hmm. that was a lot of fun. I've never been on a wood duck hunt before, so that was a cool experience for me because I see all these videos and people doing it all the time, targeting wood ducks in the mm-hmm. timber hole, or you know, just going on a, a, a legit wood duck hunt, and. I've never done that before. I've never really had the opportunity. That was my first limit of wood ducks I've ever shot. Yeah. So it was all in all, it was a great experience. Learned a little bit about wood duck hunting, and I got I shot a, a mounter. You Dr- did, Drake. You did shoot a mounter. It looked good. Yeah, it was. I don't know if I've shot one that fully plumed out, and it had everything. You know, it had all the right colors, and it was a lot bigger than a lot of the other wood ducks we were shooting. At yeah, I, I think I shot a juvie wood duck. Drake. Drake, yeah, it was ugly. <laughs> there was no color on him. He was kind of multi. Yeah, uh, I, I, I was hoping to be able to like pull feathers off and then cook them skin on. Mm. There were so many pin feathers in there; it gotcha. wasn't even possible. Yeah, so that's just the nature of the beast when it's early season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that was fun little hunt. wasn't too bad. And we did some goose and deer scouting and headed on home. Sure did. I think it's going to be a good good season. Um, I'm exploring new spots that I haven't really hunted in the past, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And you're thinking about checking on that place more often. Oh, yeah. Now that I hold, know that there's, like, ducks that use it, like, occasionally there's geese that nest on it in the spring, mm-hmm. and that's never really crossed my mind as, like, oh, maybe I should look at this during duck season and see if geese or ducks are on this. Yeah. So. I'm kind of curious how long the wood ducks will stay. Probably for a while. Well, with, with the weather out, considering it is. the weather, yeah. I mean, we're looking. Let me check this real quick, but I don't think the highs dip into the fifties until. Uh, a week from Sunday. Yeah. Man. Yeah, it's going to be warm for the next week and a half. It better come hit us at, in December, to where it's just. Oh yeah. Well, and the good thing about it is, too, is we're not having to worry about things freezing up quite yet. Yeah. We just, well, if we had ducks, that'd be great. Yeah. But it's kind of slim pickings right now. So at that pond we were hunting, there was a lot of honey locust, hedge trees, Mm -hmm. briars, all kinds of stuff that can mess up a pair of waders. Correct. And that's kind of one of the things that we want to talk about today is waders. I mean, everybody is in our area is starting to get into their waders and starting to run them, get out in the fields. We were in that place. It was full of all sorts of stuff that could poke through waders. I think we both had decent waders on that prevented that because mm-hmm. um, I didn't, you know, I didn't have any issues. I didn't either. Uh, well, we we chose our walking path carefully. Too. Yeah, we did. But we were wearing both had waders that had a lot of like Kevlar-like durable uh, protection around the thighs, knees, and even the boots. So, But stuff does happen, and uh, we want to talk a little bit about waiter maintenance or, or just repair. Just in general, you know, these waiters aren't invincible. You can take a thorn and poke through any, any waiter on the market. Yep. And you go right through it. They're not invincible. Um and stuff like that happens, and that's that's technically not under manufacturer warranty because it wasn't. It's not a, a defect to the manufacturing of the, the built of the waiter. It's 
it's just the wear and tear being out in the environment. Mm-hmm. Something can potentially bust through that. And sometimes they're not even, it's not even natural. It's, it's, it's man-made objects, you know, that's, that's more often than not. Yeah. I mean, we, we've seen, we have a great waiter repair department here at Rogers and we sell tons of waiters. I, I can't believe how many waiters we sell out of here every year. And we get waiters that come back and we get to look and see what happens. And we can even tell if a cigarette burned through your waiter, mm-hmm. we can tell potentially what, you know, we just a really good guess on how that hole happened based on the, the height and, you know, the shape of that hole. And it's technically not, you know, a warranty malfunction and we patch them and get them back to you. But we want to kind of educate too about, um, that stuff can happen, but you can be running back in the water in no time, you know, with the patch kit you get with the waders. Don't yep. need to throw that out. So every every pair of Rogers waders comes with a patch kit. Yep. So you get... And I think most waders do. I think period. a lot of yeah. waders do. And we also sell some really nice ones online, too, that are, mm-hmm. like, simple. Um, these... Um, have a little bit of tube of, of seal, but they also have some strips that don't need it that are heat, you know, mm-hmm. applique, you know, iron on. And there's instructions that come with it as well. And then we sell like a, we sell one that's a, like a heat or you can use a heat gun or mm-hmm. iron on kind of thing. Well, they're, they're nice. I use them on jackets and all sorts of stuff, but things can like, can happen on these breathable waders. And, you know, the first step is, is probably not to just, worry and send them off or you know try to put them in a box and try to get them off i mean i i would say the first thing to do is get home and and investigate where it happened and and potentially look on how it happened Mm -hmm. you know um you know we have a pair of waders we'll show you here in a bit that you were wearing years ago that had a hole punctured through the leg because of a man-made part but it does happen and i these waders you can repair them you can keep them going for a while yeah, I've, I've I had a pair of waders that went three seasons because I just kept repairing them. Yeah, and they kept going. So I think it's important to know how to repair a puncture in a waiter because if you're on an out of state trip or you're just out on some sort of adventure where it really is a problem if your waders are leaking, mm-hmm. especially the colder it is. Wet, like water yeah. coming into your waders when it's mid-December and it's cold out there, like that is just a recipe for disaster. So knowing how to do a quick patch and get yourself going till you can get back home, that's going to be a, a huge resource for you guys. Yeah. Um, we sell thousands and thousands of waders, and I can't believe how little waders we get back. I'm tr- <clears throat> we were looking at the data earlier. It's mm-hmm. just such a small number. And looking at that number, there's so many of them that could have been patched and right back on the water the next day. And they weren't even a manufactured defect, but they're getting sent back because they leak. You guys need to let's look into the waiter and you can be back and running in no time. And then the waiter is not, you know, faulty. It's as strong as it ever was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, do we want to dive into this, or do you want to get into a little bit of uh, R&D with the waders that we do? Uh, let's go to R&D before we dive into how to to do some of this and look for it. But, you know, our Rogers, we're going to jump into Rogers waders, and then we're going to do the giveaway, and then we're going to do the the, yeah. the waiter patching stuff. 
But our our Rogers waiters, we've expanded our line, and we've I mean, years and years ago, we were we started a breathable waiter, and that wasn't the best, and we didn't we didn't do much like as far as engineering or tweaking on our own. We just kind of got one, and that was shoot, I don't know, maybe eight years ago or something. It was a long it was time, a long time ago. But all the way up to this point, now we have a really good lineup of waiters that I really think fit hit a lot of different spots really well as far as your budget and what you're going to get. And we're really focused on breathables. We do offer neoprene three and a half mil and five mil, and they do have some f- cool features. Because I remember working on neoprenes back in the day where you would have you talk about the taping on the back, but you'd also talk about, talk about this liquid sealing on the outside. Mm-hmm. You know, that was like the cool thing to, to keep those, the seams tight on the neoprenes. So they don't leak all that stuff we're doing right now, but breathables, we got hip waders, waist waders, working man, tough man, and elite and elite NXT. There's a, and I can break that down a little bit, but youth and women's youth and women's. So looking at youth, women's and men's that tough man waiter is like the, the pinnacle, the bread and butter. It's a great price. It has a lot of features that people want. And the tough man, uh, the lady hunter and the young hunter, they're all kind of the same. They're all going to have a uh, zip outliner. Mm-hmm. That's something that we, and we're gonna, I'm going to talk about why the zip outliner is so cool. Not besides the fact that you can hunt it in teal season and then put the liner in and big duck season, <clears throat> zip outliner is great, but it also allows you to repair your waders really, really fast. That's a big thing on the zip outliner. If you, if you had a sewn in liner ever before, it'd be very hard to patch the hole or find the hole. You have to patch from the outside. Stuff like that can be, can be, you know, hurt as the speed of getting the waders back in the water as far as repairing it. But the zip outliner is like a staple to a lot of our waders. Our working mans now even have it. And, um, you know, the new tough mans this year have some durable seat knee and now new for this year boot cover material that's something cool this year we've we're always trying to make these waders fit properly and be protected from getting these any of these issues so that's what we've been doing over the past yeah and four or five years as a duck hunter you're going through all different types of brush and terrain and you never know what you're going to encounter so having that extra barrier of protection is huge yeah so sitting on a wooden bench in a duck blind that you've had forever you might not realize that it, the splinter just went through the seat of your waders. Mm-hmm. You got to have some protection there. Your legs are always brushing up against different types of brush and things that you know can potentially, you know, poke through the the uh, nylon part of the waders on the breathable waders is what I'm going to be keep talking about. And then you never know what's under the water sometimes, and that's where we need the boot protection. Mm-hmm. We've, we've messed around with new boots and ripstop material was added later now we just have a like you know durable kevlar like material over top of the boot all the way down to the ankle like a pair of pants and it goes all the way up to the mid thigh and that's all protection it's almost like you're wearing an upland brush pant over top top of your weight correct so that's even then that the two layer is going to help anything that's trying to puncture that that dermal material um should not be able to get through that and into the next one Mm mm-hmm that's a really good, and we've seen a we've seen a great, um, you know, response. Or we've seen a, a really good amount of waiters out sold this year, and no, you know, very, 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 very little issues. I'm talking points of percents and stuff. Um, so that protection's great, and then 
So I'm still on the Toughman. That Toughman has the protection. It's got a mesh drain slot in the back of the boot. It lets all the water drain out of that covering of the boot. And then has the features like the hand muff on the outside. Shell loops. Shell loops. And it's got like a keyhole style buckle. Mm-hmm. Um, that keyhole style buckle, two things. It's a it's harder to bust it in a door. Um, cause that is a, well, something that we see a lot is a snap buckle that was shut in a tailgate or a door, it, it, you know, and then it also, it's flatter and it doesn't get in the way of your gun stock. Very low profile, very low profile, you know? So other than that, the waiter's offering a lot of camos and fits really, we have five fits. We've been working on that too. So, you know, we've, we used to have, you know, stout and regular. Now we, then we had, you know, regular and Husky, which is kind of a Husky was a stout King kind of combo. Now we have slims. Well, then after that was slim, short, slim, tall, because the slims didn't fit the tall guys and were maybe a little bit too tall for the short guys. So it was, you know, we have regular slim, short, slim, tall, stout, and then king. So we got a lot of fits. And what why fits are important is that the waders fit you is that you don't stress on the seams. You don't pull mm-hmm. on them. If yeah. You get waders that are too tight. The moment you lunge, sit down, go to a knee, whatever you're just putting pressure on the stitching and that's that's separating and potentially could be a you know a leak point on a waiter so yeah we, because that breathable material has zero stretch in it yeah and so i think there's a lot of guys that purchase waiters um that maybe purchase uh like a slim when they should be in a regular and then they can get uh stress on those seams because the waiters don't fit them properly so like they go to kneel down in a blind mm-hmm. or something it puts that stress on the seam to where then they eventually give out and then you can get a leak yeah i mean you, you might be wearing a good pair of wrangler jeans right now and you go down to a knee and go you know the crotch area feel how tight that is stressed on a pair of jeans now imagine trying to keep that stit that seam waterproof as you're yanking on it like that mm-hmm. so we, we we have certain measurements in place to to help prevent all that stress pulling at those seams mm-hmm. you know i've seen i know a guy who bought a pair of slims because he liked that they weren't as bulky yeah i think a lot of people do that and i was very concerned i told him it's like you know you, potentially you're gonna you could leak leak at the crotch if you yank around if you you know stretch it too much you know and i think it happened and he bashed him and yeah anyways um so you got a real real world uh example yeah but it you know the, the fit of the waders is very important. That's why we have five fits now to prevent leaks at the seam. Is there a, there's a size chart on the website for that as well, right? Yes, there is. Is it on the, on the listing of the waiter? Yep, it okay. is. So, and how that size chart works is it kind of goes along like, not exactly. It gives you what your waist and chest and inseam measurements are. Not your, not, they're not the measurements of the waiter. Mm-hmm. They're the measurements of you and what, what waiter you should be picking out. So if you're a 34-inch inseam and you're 175 pounds as a male, you're a slim tall because of that 34-inch inseam. Yes. You have a tall inseam. So we we need to make the tall waiter to fit that long inseam. If you're a 30-inch inseam and you're, you know, you know 160, 155, you're slim short. If you're... 32 inch inseam, you know, anywhere from 180 to 225 or something like that, you're probably a regular. And then we can go bigger, up bigger and bigger. Yeah. But 
that's how, I mean, that's kind of how that measurement works. If you got to know your inseam and your waist seam, and then you can kind of look at your chest size or, and you know, sometimes I, I think we could have put like t-shirt size in there instead of like your chest measurement, mm-hmm. because you know, if you're a large XL can fit a regular, but anything over that, we'll be looking at the stouts or the Kings, depending on how tall you are. And then, you know, mediums and larges can be in the slims. Obviously, smalls will be in the slims, but medium and larges can be in the slims, but depending on how tall you are and how short you are and whatnot. But, yeah. Tons of good info. Yeah, that's the uh, the tough man waders for you. Going down to the working man waders, they have uh, less features on the top. So, I don't think they have shell loops. I don't think so. I they think it's this, just that, that they pocket. Have, I think they have one buckle. Yeah, I think it's a one buckle system. So the side of your gun goes on for right-handed shooters. Sorry, left-handed guys. That's where the buckle. I don't think is it's not there. But you only have a one buckle system, and then you know less color options and things like that. Uh, the fabric's still the same as far as the body fabric, but it doesn't have the protection over the boot. So it's mm-hmm. a very it's a waiter we've you know is out has been out there for a while. That's what my buddy Adam wears is the working man's. Yeah, so it still does the job. But you bump up the tough man, you're going to get a little bit more features and protection over that boot. And then from there, you're going to go to elites, which a lot of people love once you jump up to that level. So that tough man's got that hand warmer on the outside. The elites have a high pile fleece hand warmer on the inside, which very rarely gets soaking wet. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you can get the hand warmer on the outside wet by going in too deep. And then difference in the elites too is the insulation that's removable is Primaloft now instead of a synthetic um, polyfill like insulation so it's actually a little bit lighter but it's you know just as warm or a little bit warmer than the synthetic so you save weight there but it's a really nice material and then you get a new boot that's the cool thing I like the boots on the elites are yeah it's a hybrid so a lot of the old classic waiter boots that you guys have seen for years or like this rubber style that have 1,600 gram, 1,200 gram, 2,000 gram, whatever thinsulate, that's a layer of fill from the rubber layer of this thinsulate and then like the inside liner of your boot. Mm-hmm. And that, that thinsulate only covers like your foot part. It stops at your ankle bones. It doesn't go up the hmm. side of that boot. There's a little bit of foam on the side of those boots that can add a little bit of protection but that thinsulate is down at the bottom of your feet only just the shoe part the the boot the boot part that's like the classic waiter boot that we've been seeing for a long time this new elite boot is like a hybrid it's got a it's got a newer look and design for as far as the sole and the in the tread and everything and then it's got thinsulate as long as well as a three mil liner so the liner from the foot all the way up the side of the leg or the side of the, you know, the calf mm-hmm. all the way up to the calf is a 3.5 millimeter liner. So if you've ever worn neoprene, three, or yeah, 3.5 neoprene. Yeah. If you ever wore neoprene, like pull on boots, same thing. It's a neoprene booty that's inside the whole boot. And then at the foot part is our 1200 gram thin slit. And so, some people read that on the website and say, well, the tough man's got 1,600 gram, but the elites have 1,200. Well, the elites have 1,200 plus 3.5 millimeter neoprene, which is a warmth rating in itself. They're, so it's, they're plenty warm. They're Yeah, they're extremely warm. So there's a lot of protection and barrier from getting your feet cold on the elite waiter. And then they also have G-hook buckles, which are 
why we do G hook buckles in the shoulder step that we did is once you set them up, you really don't have to unbuckle them. You can if you want, but once you set your G hook buckle in the right molly loop, mm-hmm. you just kind of pull just your slide shoulders them off your shoulders, yeah, pull them off your shoulders, and then and get out of the waiter. So you don't have to mess around with that, and they're super flat and metal; they don't break. One thing I do want to touch on with the shoulder straps is even the elastic material has been upgraded since what two years ago. Yeah, on the elites and up. Yeah, the elastic material is has gotten more you know i we went with a more sturdy but still stretchy elastic material some of the older elastic material when you put 10 shells in your waders your waders would just sag down to your waist belt because this elastic can support 10 to 11 shells mm-hmm. which i was like that's i mean come on we need you know we need to have something a little bit sturdier than that so we went to like a stiffer but still elastic shoulder strap that to keep your waders up and fitting you know nice how you want them yeah. instead of sagging down we've all been there where we have we're, we're waist deep water we have nowhere to put stuff so all of our stuff is 100 yards away on the levee and you just got to fill your pockets you gotta fill your pockets and yeah. then your waders just slowly start to sag and yeah. sag and sag so that's i like that improvement yeah um and then then we jump up from the elites and they still have the leg protection and all that and the new boot g-hook buckles inside hand warmer pocket bunch of colors as far as um, camos and solids and whatnot. Then we go to the Elite NXT. So that's the nylon extra tough. It's a different body fabric than the Elites. It's a thicker body fabric. It's a ripstop body fabric. It's a burlier. You feel it. It's like a, you know, it's the way, I wouldn't say the, the other waders are slick, but they're like the classic breathable material. They're they're not smooth, but they're, you know. Yeah. I don't I the, the nylon material gives it a little bit more rigidity. Yeah, I'd you, say you feel this is feels more. It's nylon, but it feels more canvas style, like rough. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit burlier as a fabric. Um, that's what the nylon NX, or the elite NXTs have is that that nylon extra tough material, and it still has the leg protection to the boot. It still has the elite boot that's the same as on the elite two and ones. It's got knee foam, foam knee pads. pads. Yep. which is kind of cool. They they have the RG logo in them. But when you go down to mess around with getting shells or if you're on a knee, hunting, you know, whatever, it's just kind of a nice addition um, to protect the knee and to give your knee some relief when going to a knee if you're... <coughs> brushing layout blinds. What, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Brushing A-frames or anything. You know, it just we're we're hunters. We have, we get to, we have to do all that stuff. Um, going up to the top, we have... This waiter has a, a non-zip and a full-zip version. So we have a front-zip a model and a non-zip model. Uh, the non-zip model has a really cool hand warmer pocket on the outside that's like magnetic, like a magnetic closure. And I've tested it out quite a bit. I can't fully say it's waterproof, but I've waited down where the water was a, above this pocket. Mm-hmm. And that magnetic seal did not let uh, water in that I could feel when I put my hands back in once I was higher. Now, if I broke that seal, obviously it would would rush in. In the water that deep for a sustained amount of time. If I was in the water that deep for a long time, yeah, it would probably figure out a way to get in there. But this magnetic closure kept a tight enough seal to where, and I was in there for a few minutes at that depth. It wasn't like, oh, I got that deep and got out. I like stood there for a while. You're chasing a cripple across the reservoir. Well, yeah this this wasn't actually during a hunt. This was kind of like during testing, like um, getting the waders, testing them out. I'm going to go stand 
with the water above that pocket for a few minutes. You just wanted to see what was going to happen. Yeah. And then I got out and put my hands in the, the pockets and there was no water in there. And I was, I couldn't That's surprising. It. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It, with it not being waterproof. Yeah. It's a magnetic seal on the pocket. And then the seal was good enough to where it just didn't allow anything through. There is a, at the very top of the pocket, there is a, a, a hole that will allow water through. But that what that hole's for is you put your thumbs in there first to break the seal of the pocket. Then you can get your hands inside. That's what that little hole at the top's for. So, yeah. But the inside of that pocket is like a high high pile fleece. And it zips out. The and liner it zips, zips out. out. And we, we originally did the zip out liner because we thought that water would trickle in there and you need to dry it out. And what would be, it's so easy just to zip it out and dry it out. You can probably dry out on your dash of your truck. Mm-hmm. But I've never had to take one out and dry it yet. I never had to do mine last year. Really? No. Huh. But, yeah, and then it's got a nice uh, water-resistant zippered pocket on the top and then shell loops and G-hook buckles and nice shoulder straps. And the front zip has that same feature now. Front zip on the Elite NXT, and it's got a magnetic closure hand pocket on the front. That's pretty much it on the waders. I just blew through that. Yeah, you did. You went through the whole lineup. Yeah. I was hoping you were going to dive into a little bit of the the tinkering that you like to do when we're making these tweaks on waders and kind of we we hear people's feedback and we look at all these these waders that come back as defects so then we can improve them for mm-hmm. for the next run. Yeah, I mean, we uh I kind of touched on some of those things we were tinkering with and I mean fit was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um even the 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 new boot for the king waders. That's an entirely yeah. different elite boot. Yeah, I well, forgot about that. Like, so when you buy a size king or stout, the boot height is different than a regular. What I mean by that is some of the guys who are king or stouts, their calves wouldn't fit into the waiter boot. And if it did, it was a pretty painful. So mm-hmm. what we did was we dropped the height of the boot on the kings and stouts to allow the guys with those big calves to be able to wear them. So that was a feature that was, that was addition, I think, this year. Yes. That was basic. That was straight off customer, you know, response, and the covering of the the ankle part of the boot. The elite boot has a like a neoprene piece on the sides of your ankle bones. Yep. And we've over the years have upgraded that to like a ripstop durable fabric, but I still wasn't enough for me to feel comfortable with like you know hundred percent preventing it from getting punctured at that spot. Because uh, it's not rubber there. Yeah. So, well, and the thing about the elite boot is it it's a you can't get everything you want, right? Yeah. Do you want the durability or do you want the flexibility? Yeah, the elite boots like you feel like you can run a mile in them and be fine. Yeah, it feels like you're wearing tennis shoes. Yeah, that's the cool thing about the elite boot is because you know guys running levies. Some of those, some of those old waiter boots, man, they were heavy, clunky. Yeah, and they just not boxy, fun, not fun to hike a hike a while while in them but the elite boot is such a nicer lighter more current modern style boot yep but and that's what you know that boot was something we wanted to get into and then protecting it is all why all the features are added so that's really helped out even on the tough mans who have that traditional style waiter boot um because that for some reason that ankle bone to like calf area is the most beat up area on a waiter well, that's where we're running into all the stuff. Yeah. So deadfall, stuff under the water you can't see. That's that spot we wanted to focus on protecting so you don't have any issues. 
but and then fit getting the right fit is huge and keep you know you might think that these waders should fit like a pair of tailor-made suit but if it's a tailor-made suit it's too tight and it's gonna rip at the seams so you need you need to have some extra fabric for the give because the moment you go to a knee and like again your boot is connected to your waiter it's not like a pair of bibs Mm -hmm. the moment you go to a knee your stress is put all the way up it's going to be stressed at the knee stressed at the crotch top top of the boot the knee the crotch all of it's going to be pulling on the you know it's going to be all pulling on each other and that's when you have issues so and water likes to find its way in even if it's the little tiniest gap yeah it's a very extremely hard element to keep out um and we do a pretty good job of it so yeah well what are we diving into next we're going to talk about this uh giveaway or we got a giveaway for you and it's over the past years we've done a couple of these um and they are the best giveaway that we've done um and this is on the same topic of waiters we're going to switch over to a very popular um very pristine Really, really, really strong, durable, custom fitted, like like tons of fit options on these waders. But we're gonna give away a pair of Sitka waders to one lucky winner. Josh has got a sample box here to show you guys. Do they get to pick the uh, camo pattern, or is it what we've got here? No, I, I think we got. I think we can figure out what we can we can pick on what you guys are looking for. Okay, cool. So, I mean, obviously this waiter right here is a size was a size medium or something and up to fake uh, marsh. It says size XL, oh, length XL. regular, boot size 11. Hey, man, that's Those probably fit me. Those, <laughs> I, I might be able to make those work. Go yeah. ahead and pull it out real quick just so you can kind of show them. Hey, look what they found <laughs> Oh, look, the patch kit. Sweet little patch kit. They got it's a Gore-Tex three inch by three inch by five waiter patch, some Aqua Seal prep pad from alcohol, all that good stuff. Heck yeah. These things are kind of tall, so it's hard to get it all on camera. Yeah. And these are the Delta Zip Waiters. Delta Zip Waiters. You get a, a front zip on there. You get... And that's Aqua, aqua uh, YKK. Uh, Can you see that right there? It should be. I think it is. It feels like it. Yep. Aqua Seal Zipper. Knee pads. A really nice looking boot on there. You get the, the belt, the G-hook shoulder straps, the whole shebang. Delta Zip Waders. So if you guys... $1,000 pair of waders. Yeah, man. This is a giveaway that you should put in for. You never know. You could be drawn as the winner. Do we have a secret code for this giveaway for all the podcast listeners out there? Yeah. Um, Secret code is Delta. D-E-L-T-A. Yep. D-E-L-T-A. So, um, Hayden, you got that? You have to remember that. Yep. Okay. Um... With with that secret code, what we're talking about is in this giveaway. When you're listening to this, you just got you just heard the word that gives you an extra hundred bonus points. Um, Hayden, did you pull the winner today for the last one? Not yet. I'm doing that after this podcast. Okay, I was waiting. I guess it. we started early, so yeah. it wasn't technically not done yet or whatever. Yeah. But I have a, I have a 
I have a hunch that the winner of this, the last giveaway we did, number four, had probably won off the secret code because what the winner of the third giveaway we did, this is our 12 weeks of giveaways. So mm-hmm. 12 weeks to Christmas, 12 weeks of giveaways. The guy on the third week giveaway won it with the secret code. So that's, I mean, how much it helps. So secret code, you're going to go in here and sign up. You'll find the link on all our social platforms and on the podcast too. He'll probably have the link yep. directly to it on the podcast notes or whatever. You go in there, put in your information, your email and your name and all that stuff. Once you're in there, then you can follow these other steps to get bonus points for like TikTok and Twitter or X or whatever, Instagram, yeah. Facebook. There's all, all kinds of different ways for you to get extra points mm-hmm. entered in the giveaway. So make sure to hit all of those up and uh, get as many points as you can so you can win a nice pair of Sitka Delta Zip Waders. And then one other way is the refer friend. Yep. So, so if you got a buddy with leaky waders, <laughs> send this over to them. Yeah. And have them watch the podcast because we're going to show them here in a second how to fix those leaky so waders. So even these waders came with a, a kit to yeah. help you out. On the field for sure. How much, referring a friend, how much? How many points you get on that? 50 for the refer friend. Awesome. And 100, 100 for the uh, secret code. Now the cool thing about the 50 refer a friend is not one one and done. You can you get If you have 100 a friends... You can get a lot of points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't have 100 friends. Anyways, Sika Delta Zip waiter. Um, pretty pretty sweet waiter. You can go on our website, check them out, find your size, get ready to win it, and we'll shoot you an email to yeah. the winner. Let's touch on that real quick because I know in the past we've had a lot of scam type stuff going on oh yeah with people like getting dms from company from pages that look like us but it's not us Mm -hmm. so if you do win the giveaway you will be getting an email from us from a rogers email email account it's it's gonna be from social media at rogersportingguns.com any other me any other email is invalid and it's not yeah, yeah don't give away your information, it. guys. Be smart out there. Yeah, there. Yeah, no DM. We don't contact you by phone. We don't, you know, no DMs or nothing. We're not going to ask you for your credit card information. No, this is free. It's a giveaway. You. you don't have to pay for shipping. We're going to ship this right to your door. It's yep. all. I mean, it's just all you got to do is sign up. It doesn't cost anything. So there you go. Find it wherever we put our links on our social media platforms. Yeah, link tree links, Facebook, all that good stuff. Show notes on this podcast. Oh yeah. All right. One pair of waders going over here. Go ahead. Should we get the other pair of waders out? Yeah. So things do happen. Like I was talking about man-made objects can poke a hole in waders. I mean, Josh showed me these pair of waders, and I thought by looking at the place and the hole size, I thought maybe it was like a corner of a of a trailer maybe, but he actually knows exactly when these waders were were started leaking and it was from like a screw and a canoe is that right that's correct it was about a year ago uh i think you gave me these waders to test them out because these were these are sample pair yeah these are sample with the protection if you see there on the boot yep you pull that down it goes over that part of the boot but uh Sorry if you hear us rustling around on the table. So if you guys do go to YouTube, you can check this out. I think Hayden's probably going to cut this up and put some shorts out there for you guys on, like, Instagram and Facebook and whatnot. So make sure to follow us on there if you're not. Uh, But we're going to go through how to find where your waders are leaking and what to do. 
Yep. How to fix it. How to fix it. And we're dealing with this side, right? Yep. So I want to get this other boot out of the way. So on a, let's start. I guess we'll start on a breathable because that's what we have on the table. How to f- the fastest way to find a hole in your wader, um, and Josh told me about this, is a flashlight yep. in a dark room. So you go, if you have a general idea of where your wader's leaking, right? Yep. And uh, this is really going to work well if it's on the part without the extra protection on it Mm -hmm. because with this protection you're not going to be able to really see that light shining through so the general premise of it is is i mean we were doing it with our phones you can just take your flashlight shove it inside your waiter and uh, turn your lights off and whatnot and go around that area that you think is going to be where your leak is. Go ahead is. and do it. I think Hayden switched over the camera. We got it all figured out here. What do you think, Hayden? We're getting right complicated around here. Oh, yeah. He's going to have to move the camera here. But somewhere in this area is a hole, and we're going to yeah. put a light on it and find it. So I've got my phone going in, flashlights on inside the waders here, and I am shining the light up through the material in the waders looking for where this hole is. I know where it is. But I'm still trying to find it. I mean, yeah, the, you know where you know where it is, but you're still you still hard to find there sometimes. It is. Okay, so Hayden, can you see that hole right there? Is it showing through on the camera? So yeah. plain as day. Like if if the lights and, were dimmed down, we could see it even better. It's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be like, like a Batman this signal is, through there. Yeah, this get is the lights off. This is a decent little puncture here, and from a screw on a canoe. Yeah, from a screw with just like the sharp edge, and it caught it just right and poked a little hole in it. But that's enough to fill your waders up if you're sitting in water. Yeah, 100%. So, we found our hole. Can we see it? You see it? Cool. So, if you guys are trying to find a leak in your waders, there's uh, there's lots of different ways to do it. But this is probably the quickest and easiest. Yeah. Um, especially if it's a decent-sized puncture. When you're looking at the teeny-tiny little pinhole stuff, that can get a little complicated. It'll still work with the flashlight. But... Um, you'll have to really mark it. And what you can do is take like a Sharpie mm-hmm. and put a circle around yep. where it is. So you, you don't lose it when you go in to patch it. But this one, well, we can find this one pretty easily without the, without the light. If you can't, if you can't find it that way, there's some other options too. If it's in the leg or something, you could take a shop vac and some soapy water and make a seal on one leg and fill this leg up like a balloon Mm-hmm. I mean, that's then, basically what we do here with our test tank yeah. is we, we put the waders on it. It clamps down, blows them up like a balloon, and then, and then it presses them down underneath the water. And we find bubbles. And we follow the bubbles. Yep. But you can do the same thing without a test tank. And yeah. Chop vac, something that's blowing air and filling up these these uh, legs, and then a little bit of soapy water on where you think it is, and you'll, you'll see maybe a small, if it's a small pinhole leak, you'll see a little bubble start popping mm-hmm. up and that's another way to test out neoprenes because some shining a light through neoprene is not going to happen no this the light trick really only works with breathable but there's i think the trend with waders really is going more towards breathable anyway so there's, yeah. there's not a whole lot of people using neoprenes right ne- now the last one i heard about neoprene which be be cautious when you feel is to fill your waders up and f- watch the water come out <laughs> yeah <laughs> or find where water's coming out instead of going in now with that your waders are going to be super wet unless you have a boot dryer, and they'll be. And even with a boot dryer, it'll take like a twenty-four plus hours to dry. Yeah, but it'll take a while. I like to try to 
blow them up with air and try to find the some soapy water and get it to bubble where just like trying to find a flattened tire you know but then you know i've known guys who run neoprene waders for years back in the day and if they had an issue in a certain part of their crotch they get that the aqua seal seal, you just cake it on there and they just go on the inside and the outside and boom they're off and they're running no issue but that right there is not a manufactured defect it's just part of hunting yep and that's something when you get home you can dry out a little alcohol wipe and put a new new one on here that's what we're going to do right now so all of our waders come with a repair kit and instructions so first thing it says is to determine the location of the leak well we figured that one out uh it says this can be done by wearing the waiter in water for a short time and then checking the inside for a wet spot which that would work for this as well yeah because it's 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 a decent sized hole and if you have ever had a waiter leak you would notice or even if you sweat a lot on a hunt the the color of the inside material gets darker when it gets wet yeah let me go back to the sweating part okay when you hunt in a marsh or when you hunt when your legs are submersed in water mm-hmm. and you're moving around and you've packed in you, and you, your your body pre- precipitates at your legs, but if you're underwater, there's nowhere for the water to evaporate. Yeah, these are breathable. But, but they're not breathable underwater. They're not, yeah. So when you wear your jeans under your breathable waders, which I don't suggest, I, I suggest a nice poly waiter paint or something synthetic to pull moisture you know and help that process breathe out mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden your jeans are soaked isn't probably not because your waiters are leaking it's because well even i think it was a couple of weeks ago i was talking to you i was like how can i tell if it's a leak or if i'm just sweating mm-hmm. and uh that, that, i think that's the first thing to figure out is is it really a leak or is it just sweating yeah think about how how much like how hot you got that day how much you worked Mm-hmm. And were you submerged underwater for a while? Yeah. Because that'll tell you, I guess, if you're constantly to your knee or thigh in water and you're, you know, moving around and whatnot, that water can't get out. It's just going to sit right there on whatever material, you know, it grabs yeah. to. Breathable so. material is a breathable membrane mm-hmm. that allows water vapors to pass out, correct? Correct. But it doesn't let liquid water go through. through. Yep. But that's why they're called breathable. But when the water's around your legs, it's you're sealed off. It doesn't do anything. So, okay. So step two is turn the waiter inside out and clean damaged area by dry cloth for repair. Okay. So we got this leg here. One second. The old inside out. Yeah. So I got an iron here too, because we're going to use. Since it's such a, it's a small hole. I would I'd consider it a small hole, and Josh didn't mark it either. So we're going to have fun finding it again. I think we know where it's at. It's right above that. But in our patch kit, there's a big camo uh, canvas, and then there's a, a these small. Oh, I didn't grab any scissors, Hayden. While he's doing this, there's a pair of orange scissors on my desk. Uh, you can grab those. We'll be ready for him here in just a second. You can just leave it on camera one right now. You get this thing inside out yet? Working on it. <laughs> oh, 
I gotta find the hole. Okay. Found it? Yep. All right. I'll angle it towards you. We might put it back where Hayden can get the other camera. Here, go ahead and... Yep. You got it? Where's that at? Barely. It's right. You got it? Yeah, I see it. I see it. Yep, right there. Okay. So that camera's on it? That cool. camera's on it. So I don't, I don't think we really need to clean these because I popped them the first time I wore them. Um, so they're not dirty. But the easiest way to clean it would be to just, like, put a little rubbing alcohol on there and, like, paper towel or a dry cloth or something. Are you on that camera right there? So in this kit, you're going to get this... I'll show you this one first. We're not going to use this one. That's for the big ones. That's for the big tears. Okay. This fabric requires this application or this liquid sealer. Okay. So there's instructions in there on how to, you know, tear or take care of a big rip with this. We have like a pinhole, a little bit bigger than a pinhole. Yeah. So we're going to use what this thing right here. This doesn't require a tube at all. And we're not using the whole thing either. It says to cut it up in the appropriate size. And this thing has one side is going to feel like tacky a little bit. It almost looks like a like a backside of a sticker that you got to peel mm-hmm. off. The other side is like a it's like the rougher same. like canvas material yeah. like you're feeling here. It's, a, it's the same stuff that we put on all the seams of the waders on the inside. So. It's seam tape. Yeah. This guy right here. What do you think? I need like a, just a nice little square of that. Right, one inch. Give it a little bit extra room just in case it doesn't seal. Great. Yeah. So we got this piece right. That's all we're using. All right. So, hey, you can kind of see what we're doing. Josh, you go ahead and place that where it needs to be at. And I don't think my iron's, iron's hot enough. Not hot enough yet. Yeah. So I'm putting. I purposely it. had it down. I did. Ha- it is an off button on this thing. Is there? Yeah. Okay. I'm putting <laughs> it the this kind of tacky white side down. Do you want to use the other camera for that? Yeah. There we go. Right about there. But, yeah. Throw on that other camera. Waiting this thing get a little... You don't need a ton... I mean, you don't need this thing to be scorching. No, you just need it to be hot enough to kind of melt that... Yeah. That sealant that's on that back side of that seam tape. Yeah. So, give it a second. I should turn this on. Wait a minute. As you know, I don't iron anything. <laughs> I don't either. Unless I have to. Unless I'm going to a wedding or a funeral, I'm not ironing anything. Yeah. Trying to feel the heat resonating from the, so, the iron there. This kit comes with two strips of what we're using here. So, I mean, you get a lot of area that you can patch. I'm going to kind of go off mic here for a second. Okay. I'll talk everybody through it. I want to make sure this is all. Do it a couple times. I can still feel a little heat off this iron here. Okay. That's like perfect right where it's at right now. All right. So, we got the little patch on the inside of the waders. Um with the kind of adhesive side facing the hole. And so what we're going to do is basically just use this iron to melt the 
sticky sealant on that patch to then seal up that hole from yeah. the inside of the waiter. So it's it's nothing to do with the outside, which every time I think of patching waders, I think of throwing like a patch on the outside of it. Mm-hmm. But we like to do it from the inside. Um, you never see it. You never know. It's like you'll never know it's there after you patch this. Brand, yep. It's like brand new. So how long did you tell me to do this for? Till it's stuck? Ten <laughs> seconds. Which is probably, probably that was way more than t- but your iron's more. not that hot. No, it looks it's like it's sticking hot. down though. It's not that hot, but I think we're good there. It looks like it's stuck. What do you think that looks like? We'll let that kind of sit there and cool off for a minute and let it set up. But it it does look like it is on there and you want to make sure all your corners oh, yeah. get stuck down so yeah. then it doesn't peel off as you're uh pulling you your legs that there? in and out. I mean it, it, it it's the same material like you it's, a, it's the same seam tape. Yeah. It didn't, I mean, I, this iron's not that hot. So I didn't want to like overdo it. Yeah, I'd probably be a little bit careful with your iron since this is, what is this, a polyester exterior? Yeah, you're dealing with a, you're dealing with multiple layers of, you got this interior fabric layer. In between this is that laminate layer that's the breathable, the breathable membrane that's laminated to both sides and then an the exterior layer. So. Look at that. That thing looks like we should take that to the waiter test tank and then Dude, we should. throw a throw a little bit of a clip on top of this to oh, show show them uh show them what it looks like. We can go do that here in a second. But yeah, the, I patching them like a little pinhole like that. Well, I wouldn't consider that a pinhole. Pinhole. That's a little bit bigger pin, than a pinhole, yeah. Yeah, that's just a puncture, I'd say. No, that's a puncture that's, right there. I would say that's your your most typical waiter leak scenario is like you bumped into something sharp and it po- it punctured that that material just enough to where you have a, a sizable hole or where water's getting in yeah but the same application can apply to something that's maybe the size of what would you say how, how big do we need it to be before we use the exterior patch like you know if it's a golf tee hole does that make sense yep maybe with this anything bigger like if you could put a golf tee through it that's a questionable hole yeah that's pretty sizable <laughs> that's a pretty sizable hole that are might, you talking about like the top of a tee no, or no, just like, like poking the, the a po- tee the, okay the point the circumference of it you yeah. know not maybe not a pencil hole but a little bit under a pencil hole you can use this um the tape yeah what happened he's hayden's telling where i know my headphones did something weird oh but so anything bigger than what you can poke a golf tee through, you want to use the exterior patch. Yeah. This right here, you, you want it to be about, you know, 40, 30, 30% of the, like of your, you want to have a good margin around your hole. Correct. Yeah. You don't want it to be like barely hanging off over, the, yeah. over your hole. Yeah. You want to have, you want to have a decent amount of that material blocking water from coming in yeah. from the owl. hundred percent. And then can you walk us through kind of the steps of using that big patch? This big patch right here, um, it's, it takes this liquid here. Um, so on the outside of the waiter, you use this, or is it on the inside? Personally, I want to do it on the inside. Um, Clean it, of course. Know where your hole is. It, it's either or on this one. Um, you could go on the outside or the inside on this one. Okay. Um, it's a, but this is for like, 
a hole, like a big tear in like it. Like you you ran into a beaver stick with a sharp point. And yeah. It, it put a decent size Correct. hole on your waders. So they're wanting to put this on the outside. Um, and that's why it's camo. And you'll cut it still to, to fit that hole. You know, I imagine you'll have, you can cut this in half and get two good patches out of it. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to take this sealant and you're going to fill it behind there. And let's see how much it tells you. You want to keep the brush side up. So this is the, the, the side camo, the camo side, side up. Up, facing out. Um, and then, yeah. Then you stick this. I'm trying to, it doesn't tell you how much glue to use. Probably more than less, I'd say. You yeah. want to use a decent amount because, I mean, this is this is where your sealant's coming from. Yeah. This is just a... There's, I don't think there's any kind of adhesive no. on this piece. So this is what you're going to be using to seal that up. And then if you really wanted to go for it, you could probably put a little bit of seam tape on the backside. Yep. Um, they talk about doing seam tape around the edges too. I thought I read that. But I would use the lubric, uh, the glue really well, like cover up most of that patch. Mm-hmm. Um, get, you know, might have a glove on or something like that and cover up all, all fabric with the glue and then place it down on top of the waiter. Yep. We do also sell, like for, for bigger holes, this could be a little bit complicated. We do sell a Rogers product that comes in all different shapes and sizes that's really good for those bigger punctures. Yeah. And um, it's, and it's a, a, a self, like a heat it up and place it on. Yeah. I've got, Hayden, I've got it in that top drawer in my desk over there. Yeah, uh, you can grab one of those. It's a circle. And we've got patches that are long and skinny, kind of square, circle. We've even got one that's crisscross band-aids, yeah. uh, which I think is just awesome, which would have been perfect for, uh, yeah. yeah, the the RG one. Yep, that's that's uh, a good example of a patch that you could purchase, and they're really not that expensive at all. Yeah. But all you do is this is the patch. You take it out of the bag. You make sure you find where your hole is take some rubbing alcohol, clean it off, and it's just like a sticker. You peel these off, put it on there, grab a heat gun, or you could go real light with an iron, and you're done. That's probably the easiest way to patch them. um, No, these things are sweet, and they're super durable. I have one of these on, like, a Sika jacket that had a tear across, like, just rip. I had to cover the whole thing. Do you remember what the, the name of those are on the website? Um. No sew patches? I think that's what it was. No sew patches. And they're under like waiter accessories and stuff. So if you go there, you go to uh, waiters, waiter accessories, let it load. You got a waiter bag. Yeah. No sew waterproof waiter patch. It's got that- like a 3.5 inch by 3.5 inch square. We have the 2.5 inch circle, which is this one. We have the 2.5 by 5.25 horizontal like seam. Yeah. Seam one. And then there's the Band-Aid one on here somewhere. Yeah, yeah the Band-Aid one's cool. But the Band-Aid, and then there's another 1.8 by 2.75. So there's all kinds of different shapes and sizes. So if you guys are buying a pair of waders, throw one of those in your cart. And yeah. you can cut them up, too. So, like, you can get a big one. Oh, yeah. You, I cut you the can, one up I used. Yeah, you can cut them to fit whatever you need so you have some extras for other other punctures that you got to repair. Yeah, looking at our, we have all those no-sos, and we also have um, some Gear-Aid Tenacious Tape. Um, we also have Gore-Tex Repair Kit on, on our on website, which, you know, you need to have have those in your blind bag. It's not a bad idea. 
because you can fix a waiter on the on you know when you're on the road or whatever yep but well i think that's gonna wrap her up for today don't you think chandler i, think I hope so. i hope you guys learned a little something we wanted to do this because you know it happens to all of us is uh getting leaks in our waiters and we know exactly how much it sucks so uh, being able to know exactly how to patch your waders or seeing somebody do it with the kit that comes with their waders, I think that's huge. Yep. And that, I mean, that's a video that I've always wanted to do on my YouTube channel, but we, we, did, it on the we did it here. We did it on the podcast. So hopefully you guys have a little bit more confidence in repairing your own waders. As you can see, it really wasn't all that complicated. Yeah. Uh, as long as you can find the leak. And if it's in a difficult spot, things can get a little bit tricky, but yeah. Is the iron beeping? And the iron might be yelling at me for something. Oh. Anyway. Anyways, it's time It's time to be done. Yep. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms. Instagram, Facebook are two great places. And make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can stay tuned with all the new videos that we're going to be pumping out. And if you guys haven't already, subscribe to the podcast so you can get notifications whenever we post a new one. Yep. We, uh, we're going weekly, aren't we? We're, like, hamming our mouth, like... Pretty much so, yeah. Trying to go weekly for the rest of the year. So. Yep. Yep. So if you guys are looking for something to listen to on the way to work or uh, to the duck blind or deer stand or whatever, make sure to tune in for all the future episodes and leave us a rating. We really appreciate it when you guys leave ratings and reviews of the podcast. So please make sure to do that. Yeah. What he said. Heck so yeah. Stay tuned. November's a great time here at Roger Sporting Goods. We always like to offer some really good deals. So sign up for the email blast and stay tuned for all the different ads that are going to be hitting the website oh yeah. because uh, we are just super excited about Black Friday, Cyber Monday, early Black Friday, and uh, all of it. All of it. We, we just we like selling stuff and we like giving you guys good deals. So check it out. Check it all out. Peace. Until next time. We'll see you guys.